Here is Vanessa Muschin, an animal communicator. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you so much for finding the time to come on and talk to us today. My dog, Daisy, in 2007, was diagnosed with mouth cancer. And I just knew that she wasn't ready to go. So I just didn't know what to do. Um, Found a brilliant homeopathic vet that worked on her, which is another story. But then I had to give her injections and she didn't want to be around me. She was... Uh, really low she wouldn't come near me and I just thought I can't carry on uh, I didn't know how long she got to live I, di- I, I didn't know what to do to be around her how to help her and I knew I was the problem or part of the problem so somebody said why don't you have an animal communication and I thought I'm ready to give anything a go here so I did and this lady told me stuff that she could not have known because I just sent a photo in she's never met Daisy this was on a photo um, and she told me stuff that blew me away. And um, the advice she gave me was fantastic. And it helped me not focus on the cancer. It helped me focus on the life I can give to Daisy. And she had a wonderful three years um, until she passed naturally, which is the picture that you see on my website. Actually, that's a couple of minutes just before she passed away. But it was beautiful, the whole thing. And that was purely through animal communicating and knowing what I can do best for her in the time that she had which actually turned out to be quite a long time is that why your email is Daisy Snocket is that from your departed cat is that Daisy Snocket your email address because <laughs> I wondered what that was about well a very quick story there but um years and years ago my ex-husband said to me oh we just we just need an internet address for you and I thought oh this isn't going to take off so I said, uh, and of course, yes, it's taken off big time and I'm stuck with it. So, Oh, it's lovely. I really like it. So going back to the fact that obviously you had this amazing experience with Daisy, you then went on to train in ACT, didn't you? Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, um, I, I was I was so amazed by it. And so uh, the astounding results that I had with my animal and the deeper connection I had and I thought I I want to be able to do this I I want to be able to do this it's so amazing so I found a a trainer James Fred who is unbelievable he's he's um well renowned now for helping with the the bile bears the ball food foundation all around the world he's an amazing animal communicator and he taught me and um, you go on your own journey. It's a bit soul searching and everything, but it was the best thing I ever did. And it's turned my life around and I've been able to help over the last 13 years, many, many, many hundreds of animals all around the world. So when you say you trained in ACT, is that the same as acceptance and commitment therapy for humans? No, that is ACT is animal communication. Right. Um, that's very different. So animal communication training is is um, what I trained in with James French. And you did that for a couple of years, didn't you? It was quite, it was you know, several months. It wasn't like something you did quickly. No, I did it. I did it. You'd, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it was a residential training course, both times residential training courses. And then in between you have to have... Um, uh, you have to do exams. So, and your the people that you do the exams with are with uh, with vets, behaviourists. Um, so it's people that are uh, in the business, but you know, not just people that do alternative treatments. It's normal, you know, normal people. And um, you have to pass those exams, and you're actually communicating with their animals as well. So you don't know who they are, you don't know who their animals are, and 
um, you have to pass, you know, that sort of exam. And do you find that there's lots of vet- veterinary practices that are open to alternative therapies for, for pets? Um, to be honest, no. I struggle to find that many. But once they, once they do, once they, they start to see, um, for example, I could do communications and the animal will tell me where, where within its body there is pain or, or, or certain things. And the person will then go to the vet and have it verified at the vet. So um, uh, I think just through that means people are, certain vets are starting to actually think, well, actually, there could be something in it. Because at the end of the day, it's energy and energy medicine. They're now starting to realise energy medicine is a real thing. And this is a, this is a form of energy. So yeah. communication. So um, they're starting to believe it more but not enough. So. Do you use um, t- tapping or EFT on uh, pets at all? I use uh, Reiki and I use uh, compassionate release, which is a way of, I feel when I start to communicate with them because I'm connecting to their energy, I can feel in my body where it's hurting in their body and sensations and all sorts. And I can sit with that feeling with them and even grief within them and sadness and trauma I can sit with them and help them release it so it's a form of non-touching tapping if you like Uh, we're trying to release stuff and it's quite powerful so it's pretty incredible that you don't even need to to be present with the animal a lot of the time you just look at the photograph and that's how you do it isn't it because um, you need a photograph with the eyes preferably because obviously the eyes are literally the windows to the soul and because Travels, I connect with the energy of the picture and, tra- you know, en- energy travels for miles and miles and miles. It never dies. That's why you can communicate with animals that have passed over because their energy is still around. And that's why I have clients in Australia, Dubai, Russia, all around the world. Energy travels so I can see the picture that's in Dubai but still communicate. And that's the scientific part of it, which is actually, tr- you know, not true, but that actually people can understand that. Because um, uh, sometimes they need to see things to believe it or have a scientific. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk through some of the things that um, some of the benefits of animal communication. So it says to be able to ask what is bothering them and find out how you can help them, which is amazing. To help locate lost animals, and I want you to talk me through one of the testimonials I saw on your website about Rosie <laughs> and track possible routes. Preparing them in advance with changes, i.e. going on holiday, going to the vets, informing them of a new family member, joining or leaving the family, finding out why they are behaving in a certain way, ask them where they feel pain, which I think must be a major one, ask if they are ready to pass over and and maybe give a sign. I mean, I I haven't got any pets, but I know that friends that got pets say that the animal will start to hide or to sort of go into a place where there's no one around. Is that true? When they're ready to pass over? Very, very individual, very individual. Um, sometimes they want assistance, sometimes they don't. I've just helped a good friend of mine um, with her cat, it's 21, and um, uh, the cat just said it's going to go naturally, but it will take a fair few days, but will go nat just wants to sleep a lot. And every, every couple of t- times a day she would check in, I would check in with the uh, cat, and uh, basically after, and it gave a sign at the end, it would go sort of underneath, where it sleeps all the time let out one big sigh and um pass and that is what happened and luckily my friend was with with her cat constantly throughout and she was able to see this and we looked back over the communications over five days and it was spot on wow. every, every 
So it, it's quite, yeah, it's very powerful stuff. And it gives you peace of mind as well. Um, but what you, because most, so many people are connected so well with their animals, they know they just want confirmation from me as well. Of course, yeah. Now I'm going to read a testimonial in a second, but tell us a story about, in fact, I just want to see if the testimonial relates to Rosie. I'll do the testimonial first. No, this is Boris. So I'm going to tell you about Boris first. So it says, I met Vanessa some years ago when I was looking after Boris, my daughter's black cat, whilst she was away. Unfortunately, Boris escaped out of the bedroom window on day two of his stay with me. I was so worried as he didn't know the area. I found a photo which I took to Vanessa. She said she would call me later when she had linked in with Boris, which she did. And she described the place where he was, which I immediately recognised as being the end of my one and a half acre garden. Come evening and several phone calls, he arrived home but didn't want to come in. Vanessa said he loves cheese, which my daughter confirmed on her return. I laid a trail out of the French doors and waited. I went to another room and to my huge relief, on my return, Boris was in the kitchen. Wow, how amazing is that? Tell me about that. What oh, no. Do you want to know about how I track them or... or, or yeah, or... both. Tell us, yeah, I find it fascinating. So obviously, when you do a normal communication, it's about 98% accuracy which is pretty high. And you'll know it is because it's your animal. I've never met them and I'm telling you stuff. So you'll know that. When it comes to lost animals, um, and not a lot of communicators will do it because you put, you, you know, it, go, it can drop down to about 30% accuracy because you've got all mixed emotions going on. You've got fear of the human and the animal. Um, but I think it's a really important thing to do. And um, so I, I do it. And anyway, um, so... You can, animals leave, animals get lost for all sorts of reasons. In my experience, cats will often take themselves off because they've got the hump or they don't like something or they've gone too far. Dogs very rarely take off because they've got the hump. Normally it's an instinctual thing. They've chased something and they've got lost, basically. Um, not all the time, but that's kind of in my experience. Um, so I can obviously get tune into the picture, get very present with them, and then um, I can um, track where they've gone. So I can see the route where they've gone. And this is if the communication is clear and the animal's allowing me to, because you've also got free will in this. So if, for instance, a cat doesn't want to come home, has had enough and really doesn't want to be in that household for whatever reason, doesn't matter what I do in the communication, they will not come home until they want to or so there is free will involved and you have we have to respect that but I would say nine times out of ten they will they will want to come back a lot of the times they don't want to come home because they think you're going to be so cross with them as well because they've got you know they've gone away or they've run away or got lost so I have to tell them that you know absolutely not you'll be welcome with open arms you're loved you're missed please get home safely so um, I can track a route for instance this cat had escaped from a cat box that was being carried along the road, escaped to the bottom of the crate, um, which I established. And then I got an image of it had gone down this alleyway, um, big chain link fences, and it had gone to an area that um, was looked like a, a disused um, station. A couple of cars there, a light at the end with a broken um, street light and a purple car. That's where the cat was. So anyway, I described this to the lady and she says, oh, that is the um, uh, local uh, railway station car park. It's hardly anyone parks in it. She said, I'm going there now. She went there and it took her about 10 minutes. Purple car there, everything as I described, but no cat. Because the cat in that time has obviously moved. But I got her to that location. I said to the cat, can you please get yourself 
to back to the vet, sit outside the vet. You ran up, you won't have to go inside. You've got to stay there. That's where we can find you. And I think it was that night or the next day, the cat went to the vets and the vet was, um, could not believe it because this cat was sitting there. But that listened and wanted to get back home and was very scared. Um, so it can work. It can work brilliantly. And I can, t- I can tell um, uh, uh, like way markers, signposts, um, all sorts to guide you to where you need to go. Um, and it, yeah, it's pretty incredible. But everyone can do this. That you've got to have faith. I love it. Each and every communication is just so special. And um, I honour it all because it, it is amazing what we can do for animals. Well, Vanessa, I'm absolutely gutted because that time has just flown by. It really has. I could talk to you all day. I find it such a fascinating topic. I think you're a modern day Dr. Doolittle, to be honest. <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there in need of your services. Can you help with husbands? <laughs> um, if people would like to contact you Vanessa how can they do that what's your website my website is it's all one word communicatingwithals.co.uk um, it's actually being changed at the moment my website but my phone number um, my mobile number is um, 07790 or you can Yep, or there's another way, uh, email address that I can give. Do you want me yep. to give you that now? Yep. It's snocket, hotmail.co.uk. Brilliant. Thank you so much. That was Vanessa Muschin from communicativeanimals.co.uk. A really useful bit of information there. So thank you very much. Thank you, Ivana. 